Hello, Metro Augusta. Hello, Georgia. And hello, wherever you are. This is Janice Allen Jackson welcoming you to the December 20th edition of Local Matters, a show designed to make you a more confident voter and a more engaged citizen. As always, today's show is brought to you as a service of my consulting firm, and that is Janice Allen Jackson and Associates where we provide services to local government and nonprofit organizations. You can learn more about my firm by going to our website, and that is JaniceAllenJackson.Weebly.com. If you haven't already, please follow the Local Matters Podcast of Georgia on Facebook, and please also subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is also the Local Matters Podcast of Georgia. If you subscribe and click the bell, you'll receive notifications when we drop new content. Also for this year, we have started an Instagram page. Now I'm not on Instagram personally, but I know some of you are, so please follow us on Instagram as well. If you missed last week's episode, please go back and catch that. I have gotten more positive comments about that episode than just about anyone that I have ever done. My guest was Dr. Jackson Drumgool, and he talked about foster care um, and the services that he's attempting to provide through Bridge Builders Community. Uh, he is working feverishly toward building a tiny home community in Augusta that will house young people ages 18 to 25 who were previously in foster care and now need uh, a place to live, additional support. They need life skills. Etc. And he's attempting to work through a variety of community partnerships to pull all of that together. Uh, so please go to our YouTube channel. Again, that is the Local Matters Podcast of Georgia in order to catch that full interview. Family, today we are um, experiencing a special treat, and that is Mr. Dennis Briatico. We are blessed with his presence on the Local Matters Podcast. And what we always tell people is that if you're a guest on the podcast, that means that you are part of the family. So welcome to the Local Matters Podcast family. How are you doing today, Dennis? I'm doing very well. I am honored and pleased to be here. Um, I am glad that you asked me to come on so I can tell you a little bit about what I do and who I am. Well, thank you so much. Um, you know, here on Local Matters, we talk about various matters of community interest. Um, we've talked about, you know, mental health, social services. Um, we've talked about elections. Uh, we talk about school systems and what people think about that. So basically any service that people as taxpayers pay for, you know, we've, we've talked about at some point or another on Local Matters except the whole business of how you take care of animals. We have not, this be our very first episode on animal uh, rescue and care. So you get to be the inaugural guest to talk about that important topic. I am absolutely honored. Thank you so much. And I'm glad to be part of the family. Great, great. Now, one of the things um, that we always do as a tradition on Local Matters is that we ask all of our guests to introduce themselves, you know, sort of what you do and how you started doing what you do. You told me you were a rescuer and an animal advocate. How in the world did you get into that? Well, if you would ask my mom, she would tell you that I've always been doing it. Like since okay. I was since I was old enough to not be allowed to bring a dog home. That's just kind of what I what I've been doing. 
one of my first jobs was at a multi-use facility that was an aviary. They bred miniature horses and they had a dog kennel. Um, and then I hung out at a pet shop as a teenager. And then, you know, the older I got, the more manhood set in and empathy set in as an adult. And the more I got into the rescue side of the animal world. And I am currently one of the media managers for Friends of North Augusta Animals. I am a foster. I am a proud area rescuer. Um, I'm proud to help the animals right here in my, my home city of North Augusta and trying to help them to, to get the coverage that they need, that, that sometimes the city doesn't provide. Um, and kind of really what pushed me into turbo mode of rescue is a little story. Um, my first marriage, we had animals and I helped this woman, this young lady, raise her two kids as they were mine. And the marriage ended badly, as some marriages do. Sorry and about that. she kind of, she took the kids and I kind of was left to pack up a car. And in the car, I just took what I could fit and I took my dog. And it was a horrible, depressing moment in my life. And instead of just like going straight to my mom's, I went downtown. I went in one of the parking lots that's like overflow parking for like Mellow Mushroom or something. And I seriously had a thought about whether or not I wanted to keep going in life. Because I felt like I'd lost everything. But I had my dog. Mm -hmm. And my dog put his paw on my hand. And I know in that moment that I had to keep going. And in that moment, I kind of made a choice that I was going to help as many dogs as I could and many cats. Because we're cat people too. Okay, I'm centering myself again. That's that's a hard thing for me to talk about. And that's really kind of what flipped the switch to rescue Dennis. Okay. Okay. All right. Very good. And I, it's obvious that you really, really love animals. Yes, I do. I really do. If you didn't, you wouldn't be as emotional as you are right now. So you've always cared for animals, uh, always been a rescuer at heart. And then you just started uh, taking that to the next level in terms of not just your own pets, but in other pets as well. Correct. Like you, like in all things, you kind of have to grow up and in rescue. It was a growing up experience because there's a lot of politics in rescue. And sometimes you see some cattiness amongst the rescues. So you, it's all about like conducting yourself to do the most good. And at first, I was probably one of the guys that you would peg as going after the bad rescues because I did. Mm -hmm. But like, I realized, you know, you want to get those funds in the hands of what you know is good rescue. But ultimately you don't want to tarnish the reputation of rescue as a whole. So after uh, some years of doing that, I kind of felt like, you know, I could take all that negative energy and all those bad feelings I have inside of me that I see going after bad rescues and, and turn it into something good. And uh, I've been fostering and saving dogs one by one ever since and cats. And my wife loves cats and she'll bring cats in and we'll help cats too. And so it's a family thing. 
as well. And birds, we have two cockatiels and a parrot. Um, but you get to the point where you grow up and rescue. And I'm at the point now where I've grown up and I found my rescue family, I feel like, and that's Friends of North Augusta Animals. And the thing that makes it good is there's a group of us. It's not one person who's running a rescue that makes all the hierarchy of decisions. We all kind of have a say. And even though Tyler started this rescue, Tyler Stephen Gales is a good man. He That's how he allows the rescue to operate. We all have a group chat that we can kind of talk to one another and decide how we're going to handle any issue. And it definitely helps keep, it definitely helps keep us, we all keep each other in check, you know, and don't let it, one another drift too far. And here lately, I'm really starting to see more, well, somebody realizes this person has a strength and this person might have a weakness and I'm seeing more weaknesses rely on strength. And I think that's making this more of a team and more of a family. And I'm excited to rescue with them going forward. Now, are you a nonprofit organization? Is the Friends of North Augusta Animals a, a nonprofit organization or we just a, a group? A bona fide 501c3. Okay, awesome. Awesome. And you've been around for how long? Uh, I think they've they've been doing it for over a decade now. And I've been more heavily involved. I've kind of worked with them before, raised money for them, you know, but I've been heavily involved for, I want to say, the last eight months. Okay. Okay. With All this right. group. I, I have rescued with other groups like a Molly's Militia I fostered for way in the past. Mm -hmm. And then I've done independent things where you just go out and a dog needs your help. So you find a way to get it vetted and you put it in a good home. But like I said, I feel like I've come full circle now. And now that I'm with this group, I found my rescue family somewhere I can kind of belong. And, and I'm excited about the future going forward. And so. Excellent. All right. Now, when I first started thinking about doing this show, I actually started thinking about my time with the city of Augusta. Um, we, of course, operate an animal shelter. And unfortunately, we had a really high kill rate. Mm -hmm. And of course, we tried to put some ordinances and things in place to prevent the number of strays that would have to come into the shelter. Right. Um, but um, it's always sad, you know, that you, basically you got a euthanasia chamber over there and you're putting down a lot of animals because nobody's claimed them. Nobody's adopted them. Uh, we even at some point initiated a program where we were sending animals out of state because, you know, in the northeastern states in particular, they have such strict animal laws that there aren't enough animals to go around. You know, they don't have a stray dog problem. They have a problem with people who want pets not being able to get them. So uh, we would, you know, put pets on a plane and send them to New Hampshire or someplace. So um, but, you know, those are the sorts of things that we would see happening. And I've always wondered what alternatives, you know, what's an alternative to having to put down so many animals? How, how can you make this work? Well, I can tell you what we're doing here is interesting. And excuse me. Uh, one of the things we've implemented, like you discussed, is sending animals north. We just had a day yesterday where one of our rescue partners from Ohio uh, coming back home rescue. I got to meet Heather and John, and they're very good people that run that rescue. They came to the shelter, and because 
Officer McBride, Craig McBride with the North Augusta Public Safety is the animal control officer now, is a wonderful man. He's super flexible, and he's all about getting the dogs out the front doors, he would put it. And I'm 100% behind him for that. He, he He's willing to come down to the, sh the shelter on a Sunday, on, on his free time, to meet these people. So yesterday, there were four dogs available that their stray hold was up that could be taken out of the shelter. There's three more there that are on stray hold to like Thursday. But we could take four dogs out of there yesterday. Well, our rescue partner in Ohio came uh, came in and they took three dogs. And I just adopted out my two dogs that were my fosters. So I took the last dog. So we went into the, lo the local shelter yesterday and we pulled all the available dogs that we could pull. And that was a pretty magical moment. But it does work well. I think you kind of got to be picky where you send them north because you don't you don't want to send them to a situation where people are just meeting at paperwork, like a pet smart and signing paperwork and taking the dog and going. Mm -hmm. You want to send them to a rescue up there that you know is going to vet the adopters and, and put these dogs and cats in a proper home. Um, one of the other rescues that we've partnered with is dog star in connecticut and they're another good rescue we've we've sent a couple dogs there over the year uh and i think like if you don't have community involvement and that's one of the huge things that we have here in north augusta is when i when i came aboard i kind of looked at the minions like if i can be slick and i can get this media going and I can do some popular TikToks and make some videos and kind of hype things up and, 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 and make some good videos for these animals and get them out there in the public eye. Eventually the community is going to come along and they're going to start having our back the way the community should have your back in a city animal sh shelter situation. And sure enough, we were kind of dragging along and dragging along, but here, the, really in the past few weeks it seems like the community is stepping up and, and they know what's going on in the shelter they know what we have to do to put as few animals down as possible and we haven't put any animals down that weren't aggressive or sick in the last six to seven months now oh wow so the the, the city shelter has been what they would call no kill mm -hmm. for six to seven months this is the North Augusta City Shelter of old that you used to hear the stories about that we don't know if they're true or not. It doesn't matter. Um, it was a dark spot on the city. But I think now, thanks to Officer McBride, who's just a great man, and Bully for You Rescue, we partner. There's more than Friends of North Augusta Animals. There's Bully for You Rescue, and there's Molly Militia, who... Uh, helps with a lot of the cats and some of the dogs and they run the local cat room at the North Augusta Pet Smart. It really has been a multifaceted machine. And it, it's been a beautiful thing to see because it's not really like somebody organized it. It's more like a group of people with honest, good intentions that wanted to change the shelter. The right group of people all came together at the same time and now we're just making it happen. Uh, and like I said, this is one of my bucket list life goals was to change the North Augusta City Shelter for the better. And seeing it happen means everything to me. 
Okay. Now, and you said six or seven months, and you haven't put any animals down in We've the North put, shelter? We, we, we have put, officially put down one dog that was too aggressive to be a dog. One, one, one very aggressive dog. Okay. And um, does that mean that there are fewer animals coming into the shelter? Is that one of the reasons that you have not had to, they, have, they at the shelter have not had to put any animals down? No, it takes teamwork to make the dream work. And we we got the teamwork, so we're making the dream work. And like I said, the cities, the, the people in the community, that, I mean, honestly, you can never have enough community involvement. We're starving for grassroots community involvement. We need more fosters. Uh, there's a supply issue at the, at the city shelter. We need more people that are just willing to donate supplies. People that can come out and work the events that we do to raise money. Uh, even if you can't take an animal into your home, there are things that you can do to help. Mm -hmm. and, and so are they taking in the same number and they're just getting adopted out? Is that why they have not had to put any down? Yeah, we're adopting these dogs out. You're getting them adopted out. Okay. So, and, 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 you know, I will say, you know, there are a lot of people out there that don't like the no kill movement. So let's, let's just reflect on that briefly. Mm -hmm. I understand that because you don't want to go put a bunch of bad dogs in, in family homes because then you make the situation harder on all the shelters overall because it gets a bad reputation. But we've gone as far as we even have a trainer that works with us, a dog trainer, uh, he, and he helps us with any dogs that may have any questions. All of our dogs get evaluated. We're, we're really picky about the homes we put them into. So, so far, it's, it's been really successful. So, but I think it's important to say, to change the opinion of the people of the city that have had that rumors and stories they've heard growing up about the North Augusta shelter, that we are a no-kill shelter now. Okay. Okay. That's good. Now, did they also make any some changes with their ordinances? Officer McBride is 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 fairly new to the shelter, and he's just a wonderful man. And that's really, he's let the rescues in, and he's willing to cooperate. Okay. Now, if we could get a little bit more funding for the from the city for supplies, and maybe the thing about the city shelter is. And this is my opinion, because the city shelter was, it's like part of a maintenance shed that they converted to whole garage animals here. And and it's out at the trash dump at the North Augusta trash dump, which is off Clay Pit Road. Almost nobody knows it is. Like if, if you lose a dog in the city, you really got to call around to find it. Um, I feel like this it's time for the city that, that spent $10 million on the ballpark and you see the $300,000 street sweeper going down Martintown Road, it's time for that city to step up and take responsibility for domestic animals because domestic animal overpopulation is a responsibility of the citizens of the city. Mm -hmm. Therefore, taxpayer dollars should go to help these animals. And if we've got money for all this other stuff, like, They've got a repurposed military vehicle that they use for SWAT. The thing alone has like seven, eight thousand dollars worth of tires on. There's got to be more money for us to work with these animals. North Augusta per capita is probably one of the wealthiest cities in the state of South Carolina. There's not a reason 
that we don't have a storefront city shelter. There's, there, should, there shouldn't be no reason. You have to call the officer and thank God for this officer because he will go meet people to get their dogs back. He'll do everything he can to get them out the front door. And he's really been the hinge pin in this miracle situation that we've pulled off. Mm -hmm. He'll do everything he can. But imagine what we could do if we just had a, a storefront. Maybe the city pays for one adoption coordinator. Just somebody to sit with the dogs like four or five at a time downtown in one of those old storefronts and take them back to the shelter at night. Do whatever you got to do, but something better than what we have. Something more inviting. Okay. Something the public knows about. Right. And and let me ask this question. For, for somebody that is your average person who is not necessarily a pet lover, you know, there, there are those of us, we don't hate them, but, you know, we don't necessarily love them either. You know, just we wouldn't ever have a pet is, is what I'm saying. Exactly. Um, given all the competing needs, like you're talking about, you know, to run a city, you, you got umpteen things that you have to fund and pay for because the taxpayers are expecting those services. Um, why should that average taxpayer uh, care about increasing the funding for the animal control uh, budget? Well, Janice, let's shoot the animal conservatives down real quick. Okay. Not everybody has kids, but everybody pays for schools, correct? That's correct. 66% of American households have cats and dogs. It's just okay. as much our responsibility to take care of that problem as it is any other problem. Okay. 66% of households have a pet. Have at least a dog or a cat was the last wow. statistic I read. And that's probably even a little more heavier in the southeastern United States. Excuse me, a little more heavier mm -hmm. population because we don't have the laws they do up north like you discussed. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay, so you're saying just, you know, we all pay school taxes, whether we have kids in school mm -hmm. or not. So we should all be doing some things to take care yeah. of pets. Whether not being not being a part of the problem is not a good reason to ignore the problem. Okay, okay, got it, got it. You because know, eventually one of those stray cats or stray dogs is going to show up at your house and you're going to be like, what, what is this doing here? Well, mm -hmm. It's part of the problem. It's something that we have to, it's something that every modern city where there's a bunch of people living together and everybody's got dogs and cats and they're overpopulating. It's just something that has to be dealt with. And the more you sweep it under the rug, the worse the problem gets. And we've had a heck of a problem here controlling the cat colonies because of that. Because right now the city really doesn't do anything with the cats. It's all on us. Uh, Friends of North Augusta Animals have, has paid for most of the vetting of, for all of that. Okay. And, and it's expensive. And, and honestly, funds are low. And that's why we're doing the supply drive. And that's why we are constantly on Facebook asking for money. Because okay. we, we rely on people to save these animals. Okay. Why do we find so many strays? Do people just decide they have them as pets and then decide they don't want them anymore? Are they all getting lost? I mean, what is the reason that we see so many stray animals roaming our streets? Well, it's a combination of things, you know. With anything, you're going to have, whether it be any issue, guns or poverty, you're just going to have irresponsible people that move those statistics, that people that just 
have cats or dogs on their property and don't really care for them. I'm, I'm not sure why they have them, but they're there. And they run into a neighborhood, another neighborhood dog, and they have a litter of puppies. And all of a sudden, you take those two dogs and you make them ten dogs. <laughs> it, I mean, it can really get out of hand really quick just from that. But then you have people, and, and these are people that we try to help. This is Friends of North Augusta Animals is a very multifaceted thing. So one of the things we work with is owner retention. And that's part of probably the reason why we're also seeing less animals at the shelter is if somebody doesn't have the money to pay for proper vetting of their animal, if we can, we will help. It's a group decision. It depends on our funds, you know, but, but like uh, there, there's an unhung gentleman that uh, is very well known in the North Augusta community that everybody sees him and his dog every day going up the hill to Kroger and he hangs out by Jersey night Mike's his name is Mr. Chris and his dog's name is Scrappy. I think I've seen him. You probably have. He, yeah. he, he He's a shorter gentleman. You might've seen him either pulling a wagon with the dog in it or pushing a buggy with the wagon with the dog. Yeah. It's, yeah. With a, with a grocery cart. Yeah. Like a, a little brown terrier mix. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I've our, seen it. Well, our organization has paid for that dog's bedding for at least the last two years. Okay. That's one of the things we do, you know, and, and that's probably part of the reason why we're seeing less at the shelter too, because we're trying to have tentacles, and, you know, like the guy who's plugging the dam as the holes open up. Well, if we can get a lot of tentacles, maybe we can plug the dam and we're kind of doing a good job at it, you know? Uh, but I also think, you know, there, there, like I said, there are people who get, dogs and cats with the best of intentions and just care in the moment they get it but don't realize what the responsibility is mm -hmm. and unfortunately that's when the animal kind of falls by the wayside and I guess with Christmas coming up one of the things I want to say to everybody listening and everybody watching on YouTube hello dogs and cats parrots they're not a toy it's not a toy this is, if you get a medium-sized terrier, I had a Jack Russell Terrier. That was the dog that saved my life. The dog lived till he was 22 years old. Mm -hmm. I had to take care of his food, his water, his bedding, vaccinations, everything he needed for 20 years that I had him. Mm -hmm. So you people really need to mull that around in your head mm -hmm. before they go get that cute puppy to put under the Christmas tree. And before you get that cute puppy to put under the Christmas tree, think about the dogs in the shelter that were under a Christmas tree last year. Okay. So people underestimate the responsibility associated with taking care of an animal. Extremely. Extremely. I mean, it's, I'm not knocking anybody, but I think with a lot of issues, most of the time the problem is ignorance. It may not be willful, but it's it's lack of understanding of the situation. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have a dog in the other room. It's 110 pounds. Mm -hmm. Wow, a big dog. This is a dog that I adopted off of Craigslist. And I was like, if I don't go get this dog, and I really wanted the whole litter, it could be that somebody who doesn't know how to take care of this dog gets a hold of it. This was right before I came on into the rescue. Mm -hmm. and, and that's kind of the thing. I mean... Not only do you have people 
out there, like it's not a starter dog, you know. It, some 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 dogs just aren't starter dogs. Like you need to start small <laughs> and scale up, and, and maybe later in your life you get the hundred and ten pound dog. <laughs> but I don't recommend you know some kid out of high school. This guy got his first apartment. Go get a, a dog that's part Great Pyrenees. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, folks, underestimate the responsibility. It's not small and cute anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, some instances, they may not just have the financial resources to care for the dog in terms of food and vet veterinarian bills and all that kind of stuff. So, all of those things kind of add up to. Uh, Here's- uh, dogs people die. Free. People die. People die. And that people die. Too. That's another one. Yeah. People die. And then nobody wants grandma's dog, and grandma's dog goes to the shelter. Okay. Do we also see, or do you see, a fair amount of animal abuse where people just, you know, just don't treat the animals very well? Well, I mean, it's it's easy to speculate. It is. I think that's one of the things we as rescuers kind of get in the habit of doing is we kind of like make up stories for our dogs that we take in. And it may not always be true, Mm -hmm. but a lot of times you do see a lot of abuse. And I'll tell you that one of the things we have a problem with, particularly in North, North Augusta, a lot of the dogs we've taken into the city shelter are what they call pit bulls. I'm not a fan of this term because Anybody that knows anything about dogs knows that it's an umbrella term that describes a number of dogs, mm-hmm. you know. But, yeah, I just, I just don't get why people go out and get these dogs and then they get picked up astray. And then I guess it, there's maybe an issue of whether they can fa- pay the fine and for the vaccinations to get the dog back. So they just leave the dog, you know, and then they probably go get another. Okay. You know, uh, that that's just definitely the last two dogs that I fostered were a bonded pair. One was technically probably more of what you would call an American Staffordshire. The other one is what they call a pocket bully, which is this kind of newer last 10 years, five years sort of thing where let's try to make an animal that already exists smaller. <laughs> I don't know why they do <laughs> I, I guess, but. You know, and I, I fostered them, and they're they were wonderful, beautiful dogs. And I was glad. I feel like I got them into a, a wonderful home, and I was glad to be able to work with them. I have, in my home this year, fostered three what they would call pit bulls, uh, one black mouth cur, and now I have a Jack Russell mix that I just pulled yesterday. But in North Augusta, I want to say – probably 60 to 70% of the dogs we see at the shelter would be labeled as that umbrella term pit bull. Okay. And as you speak of that, I'm glad you brought that up. And I'm going to give this example uh, and you just better inform me and and our listeners in Local Matters Lane about what this really means. Um, I was uh, notified by a friend of mine who's out of town. This, This happened several states away. Um, but he sent me a link to an article where the mother of one of my college classmates had been attacked and killed by a pit bull or you know something on that order, an aggressive dog. And she was 88 years old. She was out for a walk. 
her morning walk that she went on on a regular basis. And she was, you know, slaughtered by this dog. Mm -hmm. What went wrong? Are, are they born that aggressive? Uh, no, or, I mean... Uh, are they trained to be that aggressive? How is it that a dog would wind up slaughtering an elderly woman who's out trying to get some exercise? It's 100% under conditioning. 100%. Uh, let me give you a little statistic. Pit bulls, the umbrella term pit bulls, pass the test to be therapy dogs or service dogs 80 to 90% of the time. Golden Retrievers, big time family dog. Everybody, all over all the dog food. Oh, this is supposed to be the best dog for your kid. They don't pass the test 70% of the time. Every dog. Okay, I'm going to break this down mm -hmm. real smooth. Uh, I watched an interview yesterday that fe featured a man I love, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Mm -hmm. And the discussion was they monitored a magpie, which is a type of crow, putting pebbles in a half-empty bottle of water, one at a time, to raise the water level up to where the bird could drink out of the top of the bottle of water. Mm -hmm. And how Arcadian that was in the tool use of the bird. And his point of this was, he, and there was this wonderful quote he made, and I'm not going to try to do the quote, but I will get the gist of it. That every time we do a major animal study, we find out that we know way more about, we find out that we don't know anything about the animal. Like, okay. by the end of the study, we know way more about the animal. Now, let's come full circle back to dogs. Uh like I said, I love cats just as much, but cats aren't known for attacking people and killing them. So let's make this point. Right. We have been friends with dogs probably before we were homo, homo sapien. Even. Uh, our history with dogs goes all the way back to the earliest recorded history. Cave paintings show man and dog side by side, fires and food. Mm -hmm. Humans have been con conditioning dogs since the beginning of our story and they have been our friends though so anything that goes wrong with them is part of the human problem with the relationship with them okay. and anywhere that you have a person that gets attacked by a dog i feel like you have an irresponsible owner 90 percent of the time dogs Back to what Mr. Tyson said, they have evolved with us since the beginning of our story. Not just what do we don't know about them, what do they know about us? How do they react to us? I don't even think that we have a clue what goes on in their little heads sometimes. I think we would, our heads would explode, explode if they know how much, like maybe we wouldn't do some of the things we do in front of them <laughs> if we knew what they knew, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but I'm sorry that this happened, you know. Yeah, I, I was I, I was very but, sorry to hear it. And I actually, he sent me a news story where my classmate was interviewed on the news. You know, this made big news. And he was just in tears because he's an only child. His father's already deceased and this was his mother. Yeah. And some people just shouldn't have dogs. I mean, it, it's just how it is. It's not, it's not something I like to say as a rescuer. But it's true. Mm -hmm. And here you had a dog 
And it, it could have been a mastiff, you know. It it definitely wouldn't have been a chihuahua, but it could have been a mastiff. It could have been, it could have been a Great Dane. It, it could have been any of those larger dogs. It could have been a Great Pyrenees. Mm -hmm. But because there is a, it's like a, like a status thing, I guess, with what you would call pit bulls, or a, mm -hmm. it's like, I mean, I know the history goes back to early American times. They left these dogs to watch the kids. <laughs> like they would go out and work the field and the AM staff, particularly the staffy, would be left at the house. They were called nanny dogs to watch kids. Mm -hmm. But like, I kind of feel like if you've got that attitude that maybe you don't really care about people and you have a dog like that, and then that attitude, or you're irresponsible, that attitude rubs off on your dog. And I think that could be any dog. Okay. I mean, just because a chihuahua can't kill you don't mean it one won't bite you, you know? Right. I mean, he won't, <laughs> I mean, he won't try. He just probably can't get, a, can't, can't make his way through that. Um, and I, I guess what I'm going to say is dogs are just as much individual as people, in my experience. I've been working with dogs side by side since I was a little kid. Um, and they can be one end of the spectrum to the other, just like people can. They can have mental health issues, just like mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. So we have to be a little more empathetic. And we don't want to get on the slippery slope of labeling a particular type of dog as something when probably most of those dogs are good. And with any of the bully breeds, I want to kind of touch on, they are equipped to do the job. Mm -hmm. That's not their fault. That's something that we did to them. Mm -hmm. And once again, I hope, they take the person that owned that dog and they prosecute them to the fullest extent of the law. Yeah, I hope they have been. So Just I have to a make follow -up it, story. I'm 100% um, for that. End of it, yeah, you know? yeah. yeah, I haven't followed the story, so I don't know uh, what became of the owner. I think they did put the dog down, of course, because, well, you know, very Yeah, you have to. You have to at that point. And, um, and, and, and if something like that happens, you it's not good to try to take really a dog with that reputation and put it back in the system because then it hurts somebody else. Right. And right. it makes yeah. all of the system look bad. <laughs> right. Right. It hurts somebody else and said, well, y'all knew that was a vicious dog anyway. So why? Right. 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 So we, as oh, in mm -hmm. the shelter and as rescue, you don't want to put dogs like that back in the house. Okay. We uh, only have a couple minutes left. Is there anything else that you wish folks generally knew about animals, animal rescue, uh, or anything like that. Is there anything else you want to share with the uh, Local Matters family? We need your help. I mean, we always need help. And you're always welcome to, now that I'm part of the Local Matters family, I'm going to tell y'all, y'all are welcome to come be part of our rescue family. Even if you can't take a dog or a cat, maybe you can work in an event or you can go down to the shelter and take pictures of dogs or read them a story or anything. Bring okay. a bag of dog food. And me and Moose have our own TikTok channel, the Moose Caboose. And we talk a lot about dog ownership and fun videos with dogs. And, you know, that's our side project. That's my okay. big baby. And what's the name of the channel? Go ahead and promote that. The Moose Caboose. The Moose Caboose. You can okay. also find the Friends of North Augusta TikTok channel right there, linked to it. Okay. It's on TikTok. Okay. All right. Well, we're about to close out. Is there any other thing that you want to share with us before we do? Y'all have a happy holiday and consider adopting an animal this Christmas. They really need you more than you know. 
Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Dennis Briatico of the Friends of North Augusta Animals. Thanks so much for being a guest on the Local Matters Fam podcast of Georgia. I'm proud to be part of the family. I close with my favorite Bible verse, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. This show is designed to contribute to each of those, giving you the power that comes with knowledge, demonstrating love for your local community, and offering you wisdom for decision-making so that you possess a sound mind when it comes to these topics. Please tune in next Wednesday at 1.30 p.m. or Thursday at 7 p.m. here on 103.7 FM or 1600 AM. Or please go to SoundCloud, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts at any time because local matters.